it got me to a point where I thought I was going to pass out. I just feel my eyes rolling into the back of my head with just this excruciating pain. It was killing my sleep and I couldn't function. Not at any stage though did I think, oh maybe I should go to the hospital. Who knew a backache could lead to what it led to for me? Who knew a backache could be so sinister? Hey Cal friends, welcome to the Cal Squad's Cal Power podcast. I am Zoe Fox and thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. I respect and appreciate your time and the fact that you are choosing to spend it with me. On this episode, I thought I would just give you a little bit of a background into me and um, yeah, just let you know how this whole podcast thing came to light. So on the 29th of February in 2020, which was the day of my daughter's first birthday party, which is a really exciting occasion um, for us as a family, because my husband and I had been trying for a baby for five years. Um, that's a story for another day. And we eventually, we we got lucky and um, we were blessed with a beautiful daughter. And this was going to be her first birthday party. And we weren't going crazy, but it was just going to be a celebration just filled with love and gratitude and appreciation for what we've been blessed with. Just prior to her birthday, we had also moved house and it was a big move. It it was like it took a took a lot of energy and my husband has got a record collection of just thousands and thousands of vinyl, right? So this the move just felt even bigger than it was, um, probably because of all of that as well. But so we had we'd had this move and then just as we were settling in, we still had tons of boxes to unpack. We came down with what I probably think in hindsight was COVID because this was, as I say, February, there was talk of this, you know, this virus going around. It wasn't a massive, it hadn't been made to be a massive thing by this government at this point. Um, So we just knew that we had the flu. We were feeling like rubbish and yeah, things were, things were challenging. Just as I healed from this flu, I had this really intense backache, like a pain that I had, I mean, I'd suffered with backache on and off in my adult life, but this was different and it it sort of got me to a point where I thought, you know what, I actually need to go to the doctor here. Whereas usually I'd just sit out my backache, take it easy and, you know, hope that it passes. So I went to my GP. I was still nursing at the time. So she she was careful about what she gave me in terms of medication. This medication was not even touching the sides Um, as the days got on this pain was getting worse and now it wasn't just in my back it was like really shooting down into my legs and it was it was it was the most intense pain I've ever experienced in my life it got me to a point where I thought I was going to pass out I just feel my eyes rolling into the back of my head with just this excruciating pain it was killing my sleep and I couldn't function not at any stage though did I think oh maybe I should go to the hospital who knew a backache could lead to what it led to for me who knew a backache could be so sinister so on the day of my daughter's party I woke up after eventually managing to get a little scrap of sleep in in just total pain I thought I don't know how I'm going to get through this day I need someone to help me and I need someone to help me now so I managed to get a last minute appointment with the osteopath um, but it didn't help I went there with a pair of crutches because I could barely walk the crutches I had from a previous incident 
which I'll explain to you again. Another story for another day. Oh, we've got plenty of those stories, people, plenty of them. <laughs> um, so I had this pair of crutches. The osteo did stuff that just made it worse. Now, not only was the pain shooting down the right leg, it was shooting down the left leg and I just, I was just going out of my mind. So I called a cab and I just can't even think straight at this point. The cab driver's trying to have a conversation with me. Oh, what have you done to your leg? I'm like, it's not my leg, it's my back and I'm really sorry, but I can't talk because I'm in so much pain. And then I've got my parents coming with my uncle for the party and they're phoning, trying to make arrangements. And I'm just like, mom, I can't talk. I, I, I'm in so much pain, I can't talk. The cab pulls up at my flat and I go to get out and I realise my legs are numb. I can't feel my legs. There's no sensation and my legs are like jelly. Had to drag myself up into the flat and say to my husband, babe, I can't feel my legs. So I'm petrified. I'm trying to hold it down, trying to get, not, trying to not get too panicked. And my dad and my husband are like, you need to go to hospital. So I have a little look on my phone because I've been Googling backache and I'm on the NHS website and I scroll down and there's this little red box and it says, you know, medical emergency. If you start experiencing these symptoms, then you need to call 999. And I'm like, ah, oh, 999, that's a bit scary. And in fact, I've already got massive fears around 999, which stems back to when my boyfriend died when I was younger. But again, that's a story for another day. So I thought, let me call 111. It doesn't feel so intimidating. And I called 111 and she was like, okay, we're gonna send you an ambulance. So we go to the hospital and I have to have an examination which involves the doctor putting his finger where the sun doesn't shine. Trust me to get the one illness, I'm sure there's more, but trust me to get one illness that the only way to find out if you've got it is, is with the doctor putting his finger up your bum. It was not my finest hour, but luckily I couldn't feel it so I could just kind of pretend that it didn't happen. So after doing this examination, the doctor's like, okay, we need to get you in the MRI scan as a matter of emergency so they gave me some morphine to help with the pain because I was wailing and I, I usually hold it down I didn't even realize I was wailing I was just sitting in this wheelchair in the waiting room going Aah. and then this woman was like are you okay and I'm like yeah and she was like should we get someone I'm like no it's fine Kane had just gone to get a sandwich for us because we hadn't eaten anything all day and anyway so I, we had to make a really difficult decision because we were very aware that the party was coming to an end and my family had to head back to Birmingham and then we had to think about what we were going to do with my daughter and, you know, she was still breastfed at this time. So we had to make a difficult decision that Kane would need to leave and head over to go and be with our daughter and I was just be like, you know, I'm going to be fine, don't worry about me because we had, again, no idea that a bad back could lead to what it led to. So very shortly after my husband left, they took me for the scan, which was really quite intimidating. And, um, you know, I was by myself in this hospital. It was like, it, there was like nobody around on this MRI floor. It was just, it just really felt spooky and just intimidating. And I'll go in this tube and I'm in there for an hour. And the only thing that could get me through was just to meditate. I just started focusing in on my breath. I'm just breathing. I'll get into a nice meditative state, which helps me to get through it. After that, they took me to a ward and it was like a clinical decisions unit. And then very quickly, um, a doctor comes to say, right, we need to take action now. You need to have emergency surgery. This is a serious situation. If you don't have this surgery, you're gonna end up in a wheelchair. 
and you're going to damage your bladder and your bowels and you so I was just like okay it's a no-brainer then right we've got to go through with this surgery luckily one of my friends had managed to just get there in time for me to be told that information otherwise I would have just been totally by myself totally scared uh, but she was there to just to help to give me some comfort when I just needed somebody you know so they took me for this surgery and it it all just happened so quickly I barely even had time to get changed in fact I still had my trousers on when they got me to the surgery like we had to take my trousers off when we got there it was just all systems go and then I wake up a few hours later and they've removed this disc from my back so it's a condition called cordial equina syndrome and it basically means that my spinal cord was being crushed at the point where the cord fans out into what is called the cordial equina and the nerves just all go off in their own little direction and I had a disc that had slipped out and was just crushing the nerves so they did a disectomy and cut away the problematic part of the disc and the neurosurgeon was like oh yeah you know that was a success great you know you'll be going home in a couple of days and I was like oh sweet you know I thought it was all fixed and then the next day I'm thinking so when does the feeling start to come back in my legs and they took the catheter out because when when you go in for surgery they put the catheter in to to drain my bladder and then when they took the catheter out I just couldn't I just couldn't wee by myself it just I knew that I needed to go and I'm sitting on the toilet and I'm like just getting so frustrated because my bladder won't empty so they had to put the catheter back in and I'm just slowly realizing that it's not just surgery and then you get back to normal it's then trying to understand what's going on and what's happened but still nobody's mentioning anything to me about cordial equina at this point I only knew what it was when I read my hospital notes afterwards and came to learn a lot more about the condition and just how devastating it is and it was really hard to actually get my head round and to adjust to all of these changes so I get discharged out of hospital and shortly after I get out the whole country goes into lockdown because of the coronavirus so here I am newly disabled still not truly understanding you know the gravity of what of what has happened to me we're here with our daughter who's just one and we've got no support and it was just like being thrown out into the fire i came out of hospital with an indwelling catheter and no real plan on on what to do or how to look after myself and if it wasn't for the spinal injuries association which is a charity that i've just got a big up man because if it wasn't for them i don't know where i would be now because they helped me to get the indwelling catheter removed they arranged to have a nurse come round to teach me how to self-catheterize which is essentially showing you how to put the catheter into your urethra to be able to allow the urine to drain out they helped me with a bowel management nurse who came to teach me how to irrigate my bowels i know this is all so glamorous but it's the truth and i just feel like it's my duty to share the truth because i know that there's going to be so many people out there with spinal cord injuries with cordial equina syndrome who are feeling embarrassed about this aspect of what the injury does to our bodies because let's be honest nobody likes to have to talk about toilet business it's just not what you want to do but it's one thing that the condition causes you to really come face to face with and basically what I'm trying to say is now I've got no shame to talk about it all because 
I had to come, I had to come and just, just deal with it. I remember being in hospital and the nurse was talking to me about doing an enema and I was like, no way, I don't need, I don't want, no, no, no. I don't need any more interference. But I just had to face my fears. I was just mortified at the thought of anybody having to see me naked. Yet there I was in hospital, all broken, withered and damaged and having to be washed by a young nurse. And Maria, I doubt you'll ever listen to this podcast. But if you do, I just want you to know that you are an angel. You were an angel at a dark time and where I felt so much shame, you just made me feel strength and you took great care of me and what a blessed nurse you are and guys man she just made it so much easier i remember just crying i was in a wheelchair crying in the shower and she just she just washed me down and just looked after me and changed my bed and put my clean pajamas on and just nurses like that with good hearts just make all the difference that's what makes it even more difficult at the moment knowing there's so many good people working in the nhs um and everything that they're having to go through under this pandemic since coming out of hospital I've had appointments cancelled still to this day has nobody seen me in person to check on my mobility or anything since I've come out of hospital I've just basically been forgotten about and appointments have been cancelled and it's just been one fight after another I'm just here going through this dark night of the soul but still knowing at the same time still getting a sense that there is a lesson in this for me I decided that the best way for me to use my time was to just get deep into doing some internal work like while I'm healing I'm doing my meditation I'm journaling I'm really paying attention to where I'm feeling resistance and just observing what that was about because the only thing that was going to get me through 2020 was my state of mind my state of mind needed to be on point And in order to do that, I just had to observe every last little thing that was going on in my head just to help to give me the strength to get through. And I had a lot of time on my hands to do that because prior to my injury, I was working freelance in project management, managing digital marketing projects. And the projects couldn't wait for me. They had to just move on. So I found myself with a bag of time on my hands. I've got nothing else to do but heal and reflect on where I am and where I'm at. I'm in no position to be taking on any new projects or finding any new clients. So I used my time to go headfirst into meditation and journaling. I started working with a mentor as well and did a lot of work and I'm still doing a lot of work there, which has really helped me, I think, to get through what's happened over the last year. And having this sense that there was a lesson within it was was sort of putting pressure on me. And I'm like, you know, there's something here that I need to learn. I can't make the same mistakes again. I have to get to the bottom of what this is trying to tell me. And there was just a real strong sense that there was a lesson within this disaster. So prior to this all happening, I'd always sort of just struggled with the feelings that I wasn't quite living and reaching my full potential. And that was always a major frustration for me and I've suffered with anxiety for many many years which has held me back and had me in its grips in different strengths at different times but it's it's always sort of stopped me from truly believing in myself it's caused a lot of limiting beliefs and prevented me from taking action and doing things that I really want to do and I've done some pretty cool things but I wasn't really working in my purpose 
And for years, this anxiety had just tricked me into believing that I was useless and I was held back by fear. And that stopped me from from progressing any of my dreams. So the universe just slapped me down with this spinal cord injury to really show me what I'm made of. I think because this was like the latest in a series of pretty significant challenges that I've had to overcome, but this was the one that really, really managed to get my attention. When I got home from hospital, I remember standing at the bottom of the stairs in the flat and I was barely able to walk and I'm stood there at the foot of the first of about 40 steps that it takes to get me into my living space and I just knew then that I was going to have to dig really really deep like there's no other option you've got to dig deep and you've got to find it in you to get up all of these stairs and I did it I got to the top and every single day since then I've had to use nothing but sheer determination to get me to this point where I'm at today where I'm able to see the lessons and the value in in what's happened but really and truly I can only really be grateful for what it has taught me about myself and for the self-belief that it's given me for the first time in my life I believe in myself in a way that I have never believed in myself before the determination that I have seen (laughs) from myself has shown me a totally different side of myself and I'm just really excited about that energy and I'm really excited about the possibilities and what I can do with this energy so yes that's just a little bit of one of the latest (laughs) events in my life that have ultimately made me who I am today and when I think back of all the hardships that I've had to overcome I'm really proud to be at a point where I can I can see the lessons and I can see how those lessons have shaped me and strengthened me and I just want you to know if you're listening to this and if you're going through something right now that you're struggling with just know that there's light at the end of it and in every one of these experiences that challenge us and who we are if we can just take time every day to count our blessings and to truly count our blessings just think about all the things that there really are to be grateful for when the chips are down like you just get rewarded with more you get rewarded with more the universe hears you and when you give thanks for what you've got it multiplies so if you can even on your darkest day take a minute just to write down at least five things that you're grateful for and that could even be regardless of how bad your situation is could be the fact that you can go to the toilet without using apparatus (laughs) it could be the fact that your body is 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 physically strong and fit or that you're blessed to have a roof over your head or that you're blessed to have people that care about you or that you're able to go right now and you've got access to food or drink so with my new sense of self-belief and just this good energy that had been built up by focusing on all the things that I've been grateful for I thought you know what let me just re-engage with my to-do list and see what things I've been putting off that I am not prepared to put off for another day longer so Hence, the Curl Squad Curl Power Podcast. The Curl Squad was a vision that I had 
years ago like I bought the domain name it used to be my handle on Instagram and then I just didn't do anything with it because I was tall chicken and I was being held back by myself and um, yeah no more it's 2021 homegirls and we are not here to play so what have you got on your to-do list that you've been putting off I'd love to know drop me an email and um, let me know if there's something that you need to get started with or hit me up on the socials and uh, we can do this together if I can do this then you can do this too So, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, I would very much appreciate it if you could kindly rate, review and subscribe. As every time you leave a review, it means you're helping me to amplify our voices in this constant push against the algorithms. Please do share this episode with anyone else that you think might enjoy it. And wherever you are in the world, if there are any particular snippets that resonated with you, I would absolutely love to hear them. So please do post them into your Instagram stories and tag us at the Curl Squad. You can also email me with your favourite bits at info at thecurlsquad.com. I would absolutely love to hear that. And you'll also be entered automatically into our future upcoming giveaways. You can also find us on all the socials at The Curl Squad. So please do come along and follow the ongoing conversation. And until next time, thank you, peace and see you then. <laughs>